Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Calgary Police Services Sergeant Andrew Harned was doing his duty, working New Year's Eve 2020, and uh, there was a routine traffic stop, which turned into Sergeant Harnett being dragged by the vehicle that he had stopped, and Sergeant Harnett died. Now, I'm going to be careful what I say, because there has been a trial of a young offender at the time who was driving the vehicle, and we cannot speculate as to guilt or innocence. The judge will make the decision, and um, so we will essentially leave it at that, although I'm going to talk to uh, Sergeant Harnett's brother now. Uh, Jason Harnett joins us, and we we spoke with uh, Jason. You and I spoke in early September before the memorial in Ottawa for fallen officers, which uh, was just mentioned by uh, Mark Baxter, the president of the Police Association of Ontario. Thank you for coming back on the program. What was that like for the family to to be able to uh, to witness the, the honoring of fallen officers? Good afternoon, Roy, and uh, thanks for having me back. Um, I, I just wanted to first, first of all, send out my condolences and the family's condolences to the Northrop and Russell family and the, and the South Simcoe Police Service, um, who will be a part of that service um, for the next next time around. Um, it was a very powerful event. Um, it made me incredibly proud. Um, obviously, it touches on a lot of emotions. Um, it does feel good to be amongst um, other people in similar situations. Um, we sat beside, we sat behind um, the families of um, police officers that have been killed, their families. Um, they were all with us there, and we were able to share some conversations and and uh, talk to each other about our own situations. Um, but it was just, uh, I think powerful was the word to describe it, and uh, really proud to be there. And uh, um, another moment um, to think about Andrew and, and all of the sacrifices of all of the officers. Yeah. What's the common denominator, do you think, Jason, that pulls people into becoming a member of a police service and become a police officer, many for life? What is it that, that motivates them to do this? Your brother. Oh, well, obviously they love what they do. I mean, I hear that over and over again, um, that they would never trade what they do for anything. Um, and Andrew was the exact same. He, he just absolutely loved it. Uh, that's what he wanted to be from the get-go. Um, he would, uh, you know, hang around the, uh, the Haldeman Norfolk Police Service in our hometown of Hagersville and go out and ride along. And, uh, he was determined to be a police officer. Um, and, uh, you know, even if he was a bit too young at the time, he, he found other ways and uh, he got involved with the military police and, uh, and spent time with military police for several years and, and then finally into Calgary. But um, I think what you'll hear is, is people just love it and uh, they, they like helping other people as well. And uh, uh, some of the things they get into, they're not exactly sure what they're going to get into down the road, but... Um, it can be an eye-opener, I think, for a lot of people. I, I think it was for Andrew, um, coming from a small town. Uh, he quickly had to adapt to all sorts of different scenarios and situations. Yeah. I think he still loved it. I mean, that's why he was out on New Year's Eve. 
Uh, he was a sergeant. He didn't need to be out on New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve. It was just something that uh, he really loved to do. A calling, right? I mean, it's a calling for for your brother. What, what can you? T- I mean, we we know what we can't say about the situation involving the trial of the individual who's been charged. But uh, where where's the? Uh, what's the status of the case right now? Sure. Well. Roy, right after the police memorial in Ottawa, the next day after, I I flew back out to Calgary. Um, This is the second murder trial. So there was a first murder trial from the the passenger was charged with, uh, well, first-degree murder is an automatic, but he pled to manslaughter. So the family had to go through that trial first. He was found guilty and pled guilty to manslaughter. And then the second trial began, and... uh, so the family's been dealing with that um, now for two years um, since Sanders died. And um, it was on hiatus. The defendant had, um, being, had been evaluated for psychological assessment. Uh, that put the trial on hold for about six months. Uh, it finally returned. Um, we had no idea what was going to happen when we returned, um, but the the defendant was put on the stand, and uh, he was um, uh, he was talked to through the crown and through the defense. And um, um, finally, after three days of uh, that type of activity, um, the judge has said that there will be a, a verdict, but uh, that's not likely to come until about December. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to be back for that. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Look, I, I don't like asking these questions, but it's important to you, and you and I have talked off the air about, about, about the realities. These past weeks in the province of Ontario, where four officers have lost their lives, three of them shot, what's the impact, and I don't want to make this difficult, more difficult on you, um, but we have talked about it, Jason. What's the impact on the families, on police families, and, and on families like yours that have suffered such a dramatic and traumatic loss? Well, I think the families right now are just going through the whole pile of emotions right now. Um, their, their world has just been lost. They're devastated. They don't know what to think. They're mixed up in funeral arrangements right now. They're dealing with all sorts of uh, calls and, and, and external factors they never even thought existed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're thinking about the future. They're thinking about all of the potential that they could have had with, with their loved ones. Um, they're, they're overwhelmed with sadness. I think police officers uh, are feeling that as well. They're, they're sad. They're upset. They're discouraged. I think some are, frankly, could be afraid to continue their job. In other situations, I think this encourages some police officers to get out and continue to fight justice and and continue to fight in in those officers' names. But I think it does make some officers think twice about you know the profession that they're in. It's it's it's. There is the opportunity, there is the chance that they may not come home. And I, I know that they understand that, but um, sometimes that reality is, is uh, 
Sorry, I'm a little lost for words. With no, I, I understand. I, 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 do, I know what you're saying. I, I, I've been struggling about whether I want to share a story or not. I'm going to share with you. On uh, the morning after my wife died, mm-hmm. I think I told you this story, but I didn't share it with our listeners. The morning after my wife died, I had to go into town. We were living in Quebec and living rurally. So I had to go to the bank and the accounts were frozen and, you know, I just left the hospital and I uh, was driving home and I was in a fog. And there was a police cruiser uh, came over a rise and he was head, heading right at me, toward me, turned on his lights. I stopped. The officer did a U-turn, pulled him behind me. He got out of the car and he walked up to me and he said, they looked at me, he said, are you okay? I said, no, I'm not. Well, what's up? So I told him, I said, my wife died last night, and I just came back from town and getting bank accounts frozen. And he said to me, are, are you telling me the truth? And I said, well, that's not the sort of thing that I would um, that I would be trying to make up a story. And he said, no, I, I understand. He said, um, can I see your license? So I gave, him my, I gave him my driver's license. He didn't go back to his cruiser. He just looked at it, handed it back to me. And then he said, uh, where do you live? Which was interesting to me because he just looked at my license. He said, where do you live? And I said, I told him where I lived. It was about two miles up. And I, I don't know why he asked me, but he did. He said, just, just follow me. I'm going to make sure you get home okay. So I followed him to our house. And uh, we had a turnaround in the driveway. And he stopped his cruiser. And I stopped my truck behind him. And I just sat and waited. He got out of the... Uh, cruiser, Jason, and he walked back to me and he handed me a business card. And there were two phone numbers on the business card. And he said, this is my office number. This is my detachment. This is my personal mobile number. If you need me for anything, call. I don't care if it's three o'clock in the morning. If you need help, call. I've never forgotten that. I mean, I never will forget that. That was such a human gesture. It's one of the most, it's one of the gestures that I would most appreciate in my life from someone I didn't know. It was just. Yeah, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of stories like that, Roy, and uh, there's a lot of good police officers doing a lot yeah. of great jobs. And, and uh, like I said, helping people, they're human as well, and uh, they understand situations like that. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.